Hey, y'all. One quick note at the top of this, Chris and I recorded this episode before Dira Gahavi released a statement about what she went through when she told the Aces that she was pregnant. And we have a lot to say about it, but we we didn't touch on it in this episode because, again, we didn't know what the situation was. And we'll be talking about that at a later date to see, hopefully, the Aces respond. Um, it is despicable the things outlined in that instagram post and it continues to show we need to find a way to value women more in this space that we're in right now i mean across the board obviously but it's just really disappointing to see an organization handle themselves this way but anyway we talked about some of the latest things that went down in the WNBA over the last two days and thought we would go over all of them so here is the episode, and we hope you enjoy it. What's going on, Sky Town? Welcome to another edition of the Skyhook Podcast. My name is James K. With me on the mic, as always, is your co-host, Chris Pennett. Chris, I'm not good with all the nicknames that you have. What was it, the Flying Spider? <laughs> I thought we got to include that every time in on these intros <laughs> now, but <laughs> how you doing, man? Good, good. I am not World Wide Web slinging as of yet today. I just oh. put some chili on to slow cook, and I'm endeavoring on a few culinary adventures in the coming weeks. I had an idea to do a a unique recipe each month, either something cool that I'd seen or something that I'd always wondered about every uh, every month this year. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be going forward in the next few weeks uh, with one for Lunar New Year that I actually did two years ago and then i'm trying to make a souffle sometime this year so that's nice. what's going on with me i feel that man i'm trying to cook more a little bit more this year got a couple of cooking classes lined up for i think march it is something like that but hey you know what chili sounds pretty good on a day like today when it's cold in chicago and WNBA free agency is already hot. it is Roasted. scalding hot the hot stove could keep everyone warm for entire month and it is just crazy to see how many things are already coming out even as today is the official day that free agents can meet with other teams outside of the ones that they played for last season to talk things out and we've already seen some big news go down today even before we get to the actual free agents themselves we had a big move coming out of Las Vegas today Chris where Derek Hamby someone who was with the Las Vegas Aces for eight years, two-time All-Star, two-time Six-Woman of the Year winner. She is going to the Los Angeles Sparks along with the 2024 first-round pick for Amanda Zowie B and the rights to her and a second-round pick from the Sparks as well. And this is a pretty big move, in my opinion, not even just for the Sparks, but the Aces clearing out cap space that $169,000 salary figure over the next two years was probably going to stop the aces from being able to pick up the higher end free agents that would probably cost more than the $138,000 that they had to work with heading into free agency. But this is a pretty big move. How do you feel about it? Just again, just a quick reaction. This move only coming a couple hours ago. It's a bit of a shock. I mean, this is somebody, Derek Hamby, who had been with the organization since 2015 when they were still in San Antonio uh, 
for a lot of people who are newer to the WNBA, including the writer of the piece, Shea Serrano. They might have been introduced uh, when he wrote about her and why they were the odds-on favorite to win. This is back when they still had Liz Cambage, but he pointed to her as the reason that Las Vegas was a title contender, just in what she could do on both ends of the floor and how she was basically the first fresh defensive player in every rotation. As she's a sentimental favorite for the team, the fans, the city, and it means a lot, not to not just as a as an operational move. They free up cap space. They bring in Amanda Zawibi, who's a better a better shooter, better floor spacer, and possibly even a little bit healthier. Not talking in terms of pregnancy, it would not do that. I'm talking in terms of just past injuries. Yeah. But I think that shows that there's really no sentimentality that's to be had with Las Vegas. They're trying to contend uh, for multiple titles in this window. And it seems like they believe Amanda Zowie B is the best person to help them do that in this space of time. I'm curious if they end up keeping Amanda Zowie B or give up the rights to her and go after a bigger free agent. I've seen Candace Parker's name floated out there, which I'm not necessarily sold on. I get the proximity to LA, but kind of seems like if she's going to leave the sky, Los Angeles is the place to go. And Andy Costable reported today that Candace is just considering the sky and sparks, even though there are teams that are interested in Parker's services, but Amanda Zowie B could very well end up on the aces next year. And they try to bolster that bench that really they just didn't rely on as much last year. And wouldn't surprise me either. If Kia Stokes came back as she, I mean, she did really well down the stretch defensively for the aces and was one of the reasons they were able to get past the storm in last year's playoffs. So it's an interesting move. I know Kelsey Plum reacted to it already on Instagram, just talking about how okay. much this move stings, but I do get it from the aces perspective, just wanting to contend in 2023 again, seeing some of the free agents that are rumored or just connected to some of these other teams that could potentially bypass the aces next season and I understand why they would want to make a move to try to maybe go after a big fish in free agency or, again, just bolster that bench. But how do you feel like the Sparks did? I mean, again, you get Derica for two years and a 2024 first-round pick. The Sparks are making pretty good moves. I think there's the expectation, obviously, that that pick would be low considering Las Vegas just won the title. They have all of their their, uh, mainstays locked up for next year and beyond. But you never really know what could happen. So I think it's a savvy move just to get a draft pick, to get a player of De'Ara Kahambi's caliber, who I think is going to be a little pissed off when those matchups come around. And they're already building something. They did what I said they had to do. I believe they're gonna, they should be keeping Brittany Sykes. They brought in good players around her. They have to um, try and keep Neka Agumwake. But they're making good moves to build a foundation. Even if you don't, keep the players that you have in house who will, you know, make you a playoff contender. You're making good moves for people who are on the outside looking in and uh, giving up a second round pick for next year. It still just doesn't really, we haven't that I can recall seeing a second round to make big waves in the WNBA um, at least for some time. If there's anybody who's just more versed on the history, correct me right into the skyhook mailbag at gmail.com. But I think that 
that second round pick that Las Vegas gets back doesn't really amount to much. I saw some people saying, you know, for the trade, for giving up the player that they were, what they meant to the team, what they meant to that team chemistry identity, uh, getting back what they did, that they thought Las Vegas could have gotten more if that was really what they wanted to do, mm-hmm. if it, whether it was freeing up cap space or bringing in a bench player. Attaching a first-round pick to Hamby does seem like a pretty hefty price, I would agree. And I do think Hamby, in terms of her production, that's just a lot to pay, $169,000, depending on how you view her, depending on how teams view her across the league. Like, she's that betweener between being a starter and a bench player. And I am curious to see how the Sparks end up using her. To me... This feels like a really good move for both the short and long term. They needed to recoup some of the draft capital they lost. You know, that Kennedy Carter trade that is now the number three pick in this year's draft that could have been gone to Diamond Miller. And hopefully we see Kennedy Carter come back strong. And we don't really know what's been going on with her situation. And I, you know, when she's on the floor, she's electric and Hopefully we'll see her bounce back, obviously, but just for the Sparks to, after getting Jasmine Thomas and a first round pick, Hamby and a first round pick, it's just good to have that draft capital in your arsenal. And also with a move like this, you're kind of showing Candace Parker, who again, Annie reported, and you should check out her excellent piece, by the way, at the Chicago Sun-Times website, the layout for this section of Saturday edition of the sports section over there was incredible, but I am curious, though, when it comes to Candice, it's like, what is she telling the Sparks? Like, okay, being home to me is a big deal, but it can't, I'm assuming it cannot be the only thing that's going to tie her to LA. It's got a bunch of cap space. They've got some maneuvering to do, the salary cap. I think bringing in someone like Derek Hamby and Jasmine Thomas, if she comes back to 100%, maybe that we see her back early on next season, but she doesn't get back to full form until like the all-star break. I think that could be enough to get Candace to come to Los Angeles if she doesn't want to re-sign with the sky. And it wouldn't surprise me that a move like this push like moves the needle a little bit for the Sparks, at least a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think all of the things that they've done this off season move the needle for them. It's, it's hard not to considering where they were coming from, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, just, the hole that Derek fit the crater that Derek Fisher left in Los Angeles is so far reaching and everything that they've done, even last year, some of the pieces that they brought in just kind of biding their time. And, and I, it seems like they were waiting for those coaches to become available. And then once Connecticut, once again, fell short, Kurt Miller uh, was able, was available for them to pick up. And then they, you know, he and the front office decided to bring over some of the pieces that he had in, in Connecticut. So yeah, this is this is solid for them. I think it's the first sign that we've seen. I was I was interested to hear you say last pod that every team is vulnerable because the way that Las Vegas played, they didn't really show any signs of cracking until the finals were damn near over. And obviously everybody's going to be gunning for them this year, but this is the first sign that I've kind of seen of that disease of more quote unquote for them where not everybody has a, has a seat can, can get enough to have a seat at the table. And it's mm-hmm. going to be telling this year to see how they contend with that. We saw what happened with the sky and 
I'm I'm really watching Vegas closely this season. I'll say that. Yeah, I think it's totally fair. And speaking of the sky, we also got some news yesterday regarding Brianna Stewart, but that is directly linked to Courtney Vandersloot as well. Stewie, who has just been torturing <laughs> WNBA Twitter with these emoji <laughs> tweets and just playing WNBA Twitter like a fiddle. She tweeted out four emojis indicating that, and also Ramona Shelburne reported this as well, just that she's going to be taking meetings with the New York Liberty, which we already knew, but also the Minnesota Lynx, the Washington Mystics, and the Seattle Storm. And one of the things that Ramona Shelburne at ESPN noted in her report is that Courtney Vandersloot is a factor into Brianna Stewart's decision to play for one of those teams next year. Not too surprising, given that they, again, were overseas teammates and actually are going to be again. That's going to be such a funny part of this thing is that, you know, Sloot and Stewie are going to be uh, overseas together during this whole free agency period. But I guess I'm curious, Chris, if you were making this decision together with, I mean, like if Courtney Vandersloot and Brianna Stewart were to be making this free agent decision together, and even though Ramona's tweet when she reported that it made me think oh you know what maybe Courtney is operating a little bit more by herself than maybe we actually know about given her connection to Stewie but if you had to between those four locations Minnesota New York Washington and Seattle which one do you think makes the most sense for those two if I think it was interesting too just a quick note Sue Bird said that money isn't going to be as big a factor and this is just her opinion but Given, I think she made a good point about this isn't like the NBA where the difference between signing back with your team versus signing with another team is millions and millions of dollars compared to W where it's just thousands of dollars, quote, just thousands. <laughs> just looking at it from a basketball standpoint, who do you think has, or like, what do you think is the best basketball destination for those two if they were to join forces? It's intriguing, right? We we when Elena Della Dunn is healthy, she's one of the top players in the league. She's probably one of the top three, but she's not. She can't be counted on to be healthy eighty five percent of the season yet. This season would have to prove that uh, to be true, and so even with Shakira Austin and even with a very competent head coach and Mike Tebow and a, a solid front office. Washington would be intriguing. It would be a really big, fantastic surprise, I think, for her to go to Washington. But I, I don't, I don't really see it happening. Again, I don't think she's coming back with Seattle. They pushed their chips to the middle last year, and it's going to take a lot of acrobatics for them to be competitive this year. And I haven't seen anything yet. I mean, obviously, they're putting all their focus on Bree, or at least their main focus on Brianna Stewart while trying to pick up other players and re-sign who they think can bring them uh, to a solid season this year. But I don't think she's coming back with Seattle, so that leaves Minnesota and New York. And I think even with Nafisa Collier on the team and Kayla McBride and that high pick in the lottery, I think Minnesota would be really gunning for Brianna Stewart because they need it. You know, they they didn't make the playoffs last year. They signed Sylvia Fowles for Twilight. Uh, well, no, sorry. They had Sylvia Fowles for a few years. They were looking for that last gasp Twilight run 
you know, through the playoffs and didn't get it. And now Maya Moore announced her retirement. I think PR wise, it would really behoove Minnesota to make a big splash move like this, whether it costs the moon or not. And it would be the coup of the century if they got her after all of this new New York talk. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know. This, I think it would, would be 25-75 at this point for that to happen. But I think with a coach like Cheryl Reeve, who can just seemingly pull rabbits out of innumerable hats, it would be it would be hell on earth if Minnesota got Brianna Stewart because they could just they just could do a lot of things, and if not win a title next year, they could mess up a lot of people's bracket predictions. Is that the better destination for you though, in terms of like which one is the better one for her? Like, do you think Minnesota is better compared to New York, or do you think New York is the better basketball fit? Vander Stewie, to be clear as well. I think so. Honestly, they would have more freedom to operate the way that they would like to operate because it's it comes to ball, it comes down to ball sharing in New York with who they have in-house already. Sabrina's ball dominant. JJ can pass, but she is, I think she's best with the ball in her hands rather than moving off of it. Um, and Courtney moves well off the ball, but she she and Brianna sort of players who can bring the ball up. Now, granted. They have a lot of freedom to play and transition with those four players that I mentioned and Ben Ijelani, who is a solid defender in their own right. They can force turnovers and get out and get out and run the floor. But I think Minnesota, the way that they operate, Brianna Stewart can play in the post uh, the way that Sylvia Fowles did. She can play low post, high post with Marquisa Collier and Courtney Vanderson can run things up top. And then just like I said last pod, settle into that still effective player role, but distribute, hang at the top for a three. And if they need a bucket late in the game, they don't have to have any one of those three players on the floor at the same time. They can trust any one of those three players to get a, to create a shot. So I honestly, I think it's about even because talent rises to the top in terms of New York, they should be able to make it work. But and Sandy Brondello is a coach who I think can can do that. But I think Minnesota, I, I just have a feeling that it might work out better. It's an interesting. And, and you know, it pains me to say that. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I know it does. I know it does. It's interesting just looking at what those lineups could look like. It would be Sloot, Kayla McBride, Ariel Powers, Nafisa Collier, and Stewie, which I think is a really really strong lineup. You have, for New York, it would be Sloot, Sabrina Inescu, Benajah Laney slash Kayla Thornton, Stewie, and Jonquil Jones. I guess I'm more sold on the New York side of it, given that JJ, Brianna Stewart, and Sloot have all played together before, and it would just be making it work more with Sabrina, but again, someone who excels off the ball like Sabrina does, and Benajah Laney. I mean, again, everyone would have to sacrifice under that circumstance, but think when it comes to winning a championship and you're already getting paid you know kind of think that would make sense but minnesota would be something else because like you said man they have that pick that number two pick becomes more fascinating by the day because kayla mcbride and ariel powers are both free agents after the season ap just it's when she gets going she's one of the best scorers in the WNBA, and i don't hesitate saying that her second half to 2021 was unbelievable. She started to get things going again after like a historically bad shooting 
stretch in early on last year. I am just really fascinated by what that team would look like with Sloot. I mean, I've been saying that for a long time now, so maybe I should, I'll, <laughs> I'll stop talking about it, but I am really curious to see how this plays out really between New York and Minnesota. Cause I don't think Washington makes the most sense for Stewie, at least. I mean, mm-hmm. they would have to get rid of MHA. I mean, Maisha Heinz Allen, I don't really know who's really going to be willing to take on that contract at this moment. Maybe you would have to attach that pick that the number four pick in the draft in order to make that work. I'm not sure how much sense that would really make at this point, the shot creation with Ariel Atkins with Stewie and then being able to free her up, I think would be really great for her. But again, in terms of making that work, I can't quite wrap my head around it. And and then also in a scenario like this, I don't think Washington is able to get Courtney Vandersloot, quite honestly. That that would just be a really awkward fit with Natasha Cloud not being the best spot-up shooter. She has improved, but with Courtney having the ball in her hands, she creates so many opportunities underneath the rim for her teammates. I mean, most of her assists come from underneath the basket. I don't really know what that really leaves Natasha Cloud, who has excelled as a facilitator. I really do think this comes down between Minnesota and New York. It's so hard. I really, if you told me that they that they were going to land there tomorrow, like <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me for either of those teams. But man, Courtney Vandersloot taking all these different meetings, though, I think is interesting. Is there a spot specifically for Sloot, even without considering Stewie, that you think would make the most sense for her as free agency continues? Well, when reading that Annie Costable article, she mentioned a, a disconnect uh, showing last year with the team near the, at the end of the season uh, through that playoff run. Now, it's hard to say, even having watched and not having the insider's perspective that Annie does, exactly what that was. I think we've talked about it privately. But mm-hmm. it's funny because it it's hard to say what makes the most sense because Courtney Vandersloot is really the center of things here i think we've talked we've talked about brianna stewart we've talked about candace parker but so many of these players want to play with courtney vandersloot there's a there's something to be said for having played with each um having played overseas together at some point having played together at some point um the one thing about that is that the sky proved that it took some time to really change and assimilate to the style of the WNBA rather than playing overseas. I mean, Miesman said that point blank last year, but I think honestly teams have to fit to Courtney Vandersloot being that she's the one that these players are willing to play with. These great players want to play with. And it's odd to say for, you know, for, we you've talked about it. She you you said she's arguably the best point guard in league history, but I think we've had so many players around her who have, you know, Chelsea Gray, uh, going back in history, that have had a potential to eclipse. It's it's hard to really wrap my mind around. I'm not kicking yeah. this question. I'm really not, but it's hard to answer because I feel like she could go where she wants and succeed because somebody's going to come right after. Completely agree. I don't think her situation, I said in the last pod as well, I don't think her situation is necessarily attached to Brianna Stewart as much as that. I feel like it's kind of been framed a lot like 
through like leading up to this day, quite honestly. And I'm curious to see what it would look like in Minnesota if they're even able to get somebody else, even outside of Stewie. Like if Azure Stevens, and I think actually let's just head into this next segment here as well. I mean, there are eight teams, according to Annie, that are interested in Azure Stevens and her services. If Sloot and were to go to Minnesota and Azure were to follow, there is a lot of potential with that lineup. And I think Azure is going to be good no matter where she goes. I mean, her offensive output does not suffer when Courtney is off the floor and Azure is on the floor. Like her around the rim percentages are actually higher without Courtney. But again, that's less minutes with Courtney on the floor. So, I mean, we'll see how, how that would go. I guess we're going to see how it will look potentially next year. But Azure Stevens, again, eight teams that are in on her the sky are among the contenders according to annie do you see azure on the sky next year or do you think that given all the interest and probably like the price point that she can demand with like a big market for her right now that she would be going elsewhere i wouldn't be surprised um i honestly would not be surprised i i think that to be back or to leave uh, I, i wouldn't be surprised on her leaving yeah. Pardon me. I think that she could demand more money than the sky able to pay her. I think it wouldn't be I think it would be incorrect of them to to lowball for sure. And you know, lowballing is a subjective idea in this yeah. context. Yeah, it yeah, depends yeah. on the, per- the person in their situation. But I think that she's a player that you could have as your second option, if not build around. You already really have your franchise player, I think, for the future there in Kalia Copper. So you bring back Azari Stevens, then you can put players around them who can carry you forward. But it's going to be hard with those teams. I think that there's somebody who will outbid them. Um, I know we just talked about Minnesota. If they if they go hard at Brianna Stewart, I don't necessarily think they bring in Azari Stevens, Agreed. although she could she could fit there. But I don't think that they get both of those players who have the potential. One who is a max player who could take a little bit less and the second who is looking for their first possible max deal. I'm with you on both of those, man. I mean, I think Atlanta would be a really, really interesting fit for Azra. But I could also see her looking at this situation and being like, you know what? I can make a lot of money in Chicago. If Courtney leaves, if Ali retires, if CP doesn't return, I think CP could very well end up back in L.A., and the sky just have all of this cap space. You don't necessarily have to spend all of it, but hey, if you can just go to the sky and be like, I want a max deal, you got me to like if, if you are willing to offer me a max deal right now, I will come back and all this information to you about what her market could be. I mean, I really could see it being somewhere between 175 and the max. And I'm curious, like just with the information that's come out, like how much of that is the agents posturing to being like no 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 it's going to be a max you know i always am just going to be curious about how these deals end up uh coming to fruition but well, as gotta, we're having oh yeah you got to listen to that hamilton song the, the room where it happens it happens just like that it's <laughs> you know it's a lot of closed doors maneuvering winding and dining no i you know i have no idea either, well, but isn't it crazy teams are flying to turkey though to talk with azrae stevens like that is such a big deal. I don't know if that's a normal thing that happens in WNBA free agency that just wasn't reported on until now, but like 
that's a pretty cool step for the league if it isn't normal. I, I wonder if how much of that is the league um, kind of acquiescing to the to the discord created by the prioritization rule and that coming to the surface now that um, the teams, because the teams are part of the league, are willing to make that trip uh, rather than, you know, having the players because they, I mean, obviously if the players, if they wait, then they could just say no thanks. But we talked about with Brianna Stewart, I think more players would be willing to kick the season in order to, you know, better for their, for their own benefit. So I think teams have to do that. I don't know necessarily if it's part of the prioritization or the discord around the CBA, but it's something that they have to do for certain. It's getting crazier and crazier by the day, Chris. I mean, we also had Alicia Gray get traded to Atlanta, which kind of shows that they're going all in. They traded the number three pick of this year's draft and a 2025 first round pick. And there's going to be more to come, man. There's going to be more to come. I know this is probably a really tough period for Sky fans and just seeing all the rumors fly around, rumors and actually like reported news. I want to make sure that you all know that those are two separate things. So it's going to be interesting to say the least. Chris, is there anything else that you want to add before we wrap up this episode? Again, Sky are at a, at a tipping point. Um, it's not like they're going to lose every single fan that they have but they have to remain relevant. They have that championship, but even in a town like Chicago, those championship memories can fade pretty quick. And with the sky who are fighting for space still in the, in the city consciousness, they have a lot of work to do. So what we talked about, all the things that we talked about so far about investment, about um, the moves that they have to make about the players that they brought in, and knowing that they've only extended the qualifying offer publicly to Rebecca Gardner, there's a lot that could go down in the next few days. Happy Lunar New Year, everybody. <laughs> the year of the rabbit has never been more telling. <laughs> As in who's going to bolt in free agency, Chris? Oh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of people running fast. <laughs> hey, you know, we'll be talking all about it. And if you all could do us a favor... We would really appreciate it if you could rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. If we said something stupid and you want to come at us, hey, you can find us on social media. Our Twitter handle and Instagram are in the episode description, along with our link tree. And, of course, you can do it the old-fashioned way, my preferred method, quite honestly, Chris. I love a good, well-thought-out email. Email us. <laughs> at the skyhook mailbag at gmail.com one more time that is the skyhook mailbag at gmail.com and if you want to find us anywhere again check out the link tree and you can also support us financially if you want our venmo is the skyhook podcast thank you so much for listening to the show and until next time